With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, 20 past 10 across the UK. Good evening. This is the Manchester United Redcast uh, following on from United's 1-1 draw at Molyneux this evening. They've played Wolverhampton Wanderers. United led uh, through uh, an opening goal. I can't remember who scored it now. And that's really, 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 really poor from me. But it was Anthony Martial with an absolutely wonder finish. Uh, a wonder goal from, De- uh, from, from Ruben Neves, in fact, got Wolves back in it. Paul Pogba uh, seeing his penalty saved by Rear Patricia. Uh, Wolves also hitting the post through a Raul Jimenez header. Joining me this evening to comb over the evening's action, Nav Singh back from last week. Back by popular demand. How are you, pal? I'm very good, thank you. You've, uh, you, you've, you've committed yourself tonight. Um, you had a Sky Go set up. Where are you exactly? I am in deepest, darkest Norfolk. I'm sitting in a forest with a campfire, a um, couple of beers in hand, uh, mulling over the disappointment of this evening. Sounds like, sounds like a bit of perfection by the disappointment. And Richard Amofa, my old Jono colleague, a good pal of mine. Rich, great to have you on, mate. Well, cheers. Thanks for having me, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, right. Chaps, 1-1 against Wolves. Um, Let's start. Where do we start with this? Do we start looking at the positives? Do we start with the negatives? Do we start with the first? I'll start with the second. I'm going to let you guys go for it. Um, I'll tell you what, Rich, you're a newbie here. Go for it, pal. Listen, before the game, I think every had, you know, someone tells you, you know, four four times it's going to be 1-1. I think you take it, considering how, you know, we've lost there twice already this year. You know, we know Wolves are a good side. Um, but looking at how the game went, I'm quite disappointed that we didn't get the three points, to be fair. I think first half, we controlled the game. Um, we'll, you know, we, we had all the ball, created all the chances. And really, the game turned when um, you know, Wolves started to get a bit of uh, momentum when the Dharma Drawe came on. Um, he caused us some problems and obviously ultimately got the goal shortly after he was fouled. But... Again, looking at the, the the way the game went, you miss a penalty, you know, it goes and you probably do go in and win the game. So I think on the face of it, I'm disappointed. But before the game, I would have definitely taken a one all draw. Uncle Nav, talk, talk, talk to me, pal. Um, I mean, again, positives in the first half. The second half, I, I thought was really poor. No, I agree. I think um, I think it's fine sitting back in uh, the thing four points in the opening two fixtures looks positive. However, we've got to look at the context of the game. Um, I felt 1-0 up in the first half. We were cruising. There was a lot of pace. There was a lot of energy. Wolves just did not have an answer. Um, You know, I think United looked in complete The first 10 to 20 minutes of the second half were abysmal. Uh, I think we lost all control. The midfield went hot. We were chasing shadows. Um... It, you know, it felt that we were on the back foot and we didn't seem to have an answer in terms of whether we had to take control of that game, which was really disappointing. Um, then you add in the fact that we missed a penalty at one all crucial penalty. Um, I'm sick of the sight of Paul Pogba taking penalties. I cannot believe he stepped up to take that. 
given um, Rashford's record, which is four and four now, uh, given what he did last weekend. Uh, you know, I've heard Ollie in the post-match interview saying we have two penalty takers. I think that's an absolute cop-out, frankly. Um, it, it should be the person in form. The best penalty taker should be taking the penalties. And for my money right now, it's Rashford. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. I mean, looking at it from the first half, um, you know, there was energy, you're right. And there was a period, I'd say from around 30 to 35 minutes onwards, where every time Wolves sort of got the ball away, it ended up at the halfway line with Maguire and Lindelof pushing high, sitting really high on the halfway line. And United just counterattacking and attacking and attacking mm-hmm. again. I mean, for me, the biggest thing has to be the lack of, you know, final ball. I thought the final ball was abysmal throughout the game. Um, the lack of somewhat creativity, the lack of depth was evident as well towards mm. the end. Mm. Um, in, in the second half, you know, I think it shows from Nuno. I mean, whether the Dotti change was tactical or, 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 you know, purely because he thought Adama would offer something, let's make no bones about it. Adama Traore has, has, has educated Luke Shaw tonight. Luke Shaw... <laughs> I mean, he can he can go on Weight Watchers for all he wants, but, <laughs> but there, there is something categorically not right there. And and for me, looking ahead to next summer already, we're not even out of the summer. Looking ahead to next summer already, I think Ben Chilwell has to be the number one priority. A, a good quality left back. We've addressed right back. And you know, Wan-Bissaka again, mm. composure on the ball was excellent. And mm. I, I'll give him that. Don't get me wrong, there's a few, few bits of sort of rustiness, a bit of naivety here and there. Um, you know, but but I think Wambasaka was excellent. Looking at the back line as well, one positive I can say is if Smalling and Jones were our back two there, we would have got done three or four. A hundred percent. You know, because Wolves, they're tricky in that final third. They're very technical. They play those balls over the top. You know, they will switch plays so quickly. And Jones and, and Smalling may not have the sort of mental capability to process that. And, and, and you know, we could have got stung. Uh, and that's why, you know, Maguire and Lindelof, I, I'm, I'm, I was pretty happy with that and happy with Wambasaka. But Luke Shaw was, was very, very poor. Um, looking at the first half, I mean, you know, the goal was, was, was really well taken from Martial. But again, we weren't creating enough. We weren't doing enough in the final third. I just, I just find the lack of shots just so concerning. I know it's hard to play against a back three, but, you know, give it a go. Fire it off. See what happens. I think everyone's just trying to take that one too many touches. Mm. And, and it, it's reminiscent of Arsenal back in the early 2000s. Too many touches. Sometimes it'll go skew, but Arsenal had those quality players like your Perez is in your Henri and your Lumbergs who could execute that properly. We don't have that. Mm. No, I, I think you're spot on. I think touching a few of the points you said there, I mean, first of all, the lack of creativity. I mean, we've got Lingard, number 10, you know. I, I, I don't know what's happening with Lingard this season. You know, this kind of new language style he's got. He's got the low socks, you know. He's changed the style of play. I mean, Lingard's effective because he's good in the, in the transition. He's quick and his end product is half decent. But in, in the number 10, if he's not breaking in the forwards, he's not, as you rightly said, he didn't really offer enough on or off the ball. I mean, fair enough, yeah, his pressing game was really good and, you know, it's effective. But in that number 10 role, you need the creativity there. And, you know, he just wasn't, you know, providing that link between Pogba, um, McTominay and, and Martial up front. I mean, in that position, you know, you look, you look, you know, you look at Madison on Sunday when he drifted into that number ten position, got himself in the half turn, was creating shots, was being dangerous. Didn't see that from Lingard. Didn't see that from Mata when he came on. And you know, as you say, it's a big issue the lack of chances that we created. I mean, great finish from Martial. Um, it's good to see him kind of backfiring with two and two. Um, but as you say, the lack of chances. Is, is is a concern. And on Luke Shaw as well, I mean, listen, I think he, he, he did get a bit of an easy ride because Mourinho was mean to him. Everyone felt sorry for him personally. So, you know, you can't really criticise him. But I think it's a big season for him. I think he had his time last season after his injury. Mourinho left and he picked up his performances. But this year, he really needs to step up, especially with Van Bissaka doing so well right back. You know, we're not seeing that much from Luke Shaw. You know, defensively, yeah, sometimes he's in good positions. He makes good interceptions. But, you know, right, you know, fullback's all about, you know, being able to do both. And he's in the final third. You, you know, you want him to make an overlap or 
make a dart and run to the to the mm. byline and you know, have some end products. But you know, it's almost like his confidence is so low at the moment that he just gets the ball, he turns out, he, he just keeps it so simple. And so how do they more, find we need that? more from him? Yeah. We need more. From That's him. the thing. It, it's been he's been at the club for five years now. How do yeah. you find that confidence in a player that is shot to pieces? I just don't understand. I really don't get it. You know, you look at someone like Wan-Bissaka who's come in. Uh, you know, Luke Shaw was, what, 18, 19 when he came in? Wan-Bissaka's a similar sort of age. Luke Shaw probably played more Premier League football than Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And he probably played it in a better style at Southampton. Who were yeah, absolutely. Was Palace play industrial football under Roy Hodgson, lump it over the top and hope for the best. Aaron Wan-Bissaka has had to do more dog work. But has that made him a better player than Luke Shaw coming in? I just... You know, he's someone that I thought, you know what, £30 million, they brought him in, he will tuck up United's left back for the next 10, 12 years. We've got a solid fullback there who's going to, you know, fill the mantle of the Evers and the Irwins and to an extent the Sylvesters as well. You know, he's going to do the job. And he has been so poor, it's sad. Mm. Well, I think uh, you're missing, you know, the obvious thing here is... Aaron Wambasaka is an absolute athlete. Look at his, look at the power he has. Luke Shaw, to me, doesn't look the part. He has looked overweight probably since his bad break. You know when he when he got the injury in uh, in, in his first season under under Lou Van Gaal. I don't think Luke Shaw has got the physical attribute to be that top top quality that that we need and that we deserve. You need to find an Aaron Wan-Bissaka equivalent at left back. I would agree with your earlier point there. You know that could be a, could be Ben Chilwell from Leicester. I think we missed a trick by not looking at uh, Kieran Tierney um, moving mm. from Celtic. Got him the bargain. Well. Be a great signing for Arsenal. Um, there was Junior Firpo who moved to Barcelona from Real Betis. I, I think there were there were good athletic left backs out there to be had for reasonable money, and I think. Um, we were probably a bit lazy in the transfer market there because, in fairness, I think Wambasaka shows when you have the right um, caliber of person in that position, it makes a big difference because he makes life easier for his centre backs. Look at the way Wambasaka is in behind um, and, and picks up any mistake that Linderhoff or um, Maguire makes. I mean, Wambasaka is an absolute beast. He gets his tackles in. He's physically um, brilliant. He's pacey. He's strong. He's, he's got everything that a modern fullback needs. I don't see that in Luke Shaw. I don't And I do not honestly believe you're ever going to be able to correct those. You can't. He can improve his technique. He could concentrate a bit better, but he's never going to be able to improve his physique to the point where he is the kind of fullback we need, unfortunately. The, 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 the funny um, thing. So it is a shape. But the, funny, the, the, funny move, the game's moved on. Is, is myself and Rich obviously working in the game that we work in. You hear bits and snippets from people. Um, when Luke Shaw first came to United, he was sent to train with the reserves. And that was because he wasn't actually bought by Louis van Gaal. He was bought by Ed Woodward. And I don't know if Judge was mm. there at the time or, or whoever it was before. They bought Luke Shaw. Louis van Gaal made a, 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 a call to Roy Hodgson and goes, what's the situation? Roy Hodgson told him he's unfit. And van Gaal goes, cool, see it, you're in the reserves. And, and, you know, I can't remember who started at left back for us. It might have been Daley Blind who started at left back for mm. us this season or Marcos Rojo or someone, mm. you know, but... He's had constant issues. I want to move on from Shaw, though, and I want to talk about the midfield. And, you know, I, I, I felt a real affinity to Scott McTominay tonight because I think he's coming on leaps and bounds. He's really sort of turning into that dynamic ball-winning midfielder that we need. You know, just someone, a bit of a dog. You know, someone that is a bit of an Ander Herrera, but he's a bit more composed than Herrera. I mean, he put in that challenge on, I think it might have been Neves, um, you know, that two-footed challenge. And, and it, it wasn't two-footed, but he got the ball and then there was a mistake afterwards of Maguire who, 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 fouled, um, who fouled the player on that far side. But, you know, it's all well and good him doing the work, but Pogba in that mid midfield, you know, at some points I thought, is there any inspiration from the bench? Who can we bring on? And I've been screaming it for months now. Ruben Neves is the player United should have broken the bank for in the summer. He's someone who can change a game. He's someone who can evidently finish. He's dangerous on that peg of his. And, you know, the goal was absolutely gorgeous. No keeper in the world is saving that. Alison Edison, David De Gea, Peter Schmeichel, Van der Sar, no one is saving that. And, and the lack of depth in that central midfield area, the holding midfield area, it's scary. It's really scary. You know, up front as well, we're going to move on to up front in a minute, but 
I, I want to get your thoughts on, on midfield. Fred seems to have disappeared. I'm not sure where he is. Um, you know, McTominay's there. We lost Herrera. Fellaini was another body. I'm not saying he was someone that, you know, was going to go and change a game. Yes, he got goals now and then. But, you know, we've lost two midfielders and we haven't replaced them. Mm. I think the, the point you make about Nevers is interesting because first half, he didn't get a kick. You know, Pogba and McTominay were controlling the game as were United, you know. Big fan of McTominay. I think he came into the side with a lot of... Um, there was negativity from certain sections of, of, of the fan base around him because, you know, he wasn't a glamorous player who did things quite basic. But, you know, we need that kind of player. As you say, someone with some heart, someone with some determination. And his actual game was come on leaps and bounds as well. You know, he's, mm. he's taken responsibility in the middle of the park to, to get on the ball. He's got composure. 100%, exactly. You know, he, he's, he's making good forward passes as well. He's not just you know, playing it back, he's playing it sideways. And in the first half, him and Pogba were just, just keeping the ball moving. And this is why if we play those two, we need, uh, you know, an effective number 10 who's going to create those chances because Pogba and McTominay will just keep the ball moving, keep possession for us, and then we need that final product. When the ball goes in between the lines, who's going to be that player to do that? And as you as you mentioned, rightly so, the depth is just lacking. As you, you know, if you look at our bench tonight, it's not really inspiring. It's not inspiring at all. It's not going to, uh, you know, create fear amongst our opposition um, midfields and, 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 de- and defenders because, the, you know, if we get an injury... If, for example, if Pogba or, um, I know we'll touch on the attackers in a minute, but if, you know, Pogba, Rashford, Martial get injured, it's very long for Man United in terms of creating chances, in terms of um, controlling the game. So it, it is a big worry, but I'm pleased about what we have um, in terms of the kind of uh, Pogba and McTominay. I'm not too fussed about that, but the depth is, is a big concern for me, I must say. No, I think that's exactly right. Um, th- there is a massive problem with depth. If one of those players drops out, there's no one to step. For, for me, the equal concern is, who who's the leader in midfield? Is it Pogba? Is it McTominay? Or is it a another? Is it Andreas Pereira? Is it whoever steps into that third position? Because it should be Pogba, given his experience, um, given his ability. But he doesn't lead. He simply doesn't lead. He's still too happy to do his own thing, whether that's taking an action, doing a Cruyff turn on the halfway line. Who's the leader of that midfield? Um, to me, there's a, there is one obvious gap in, in not only the squad, but the first team. Uh, I think those two should be automatic starters, and they are, but mm. alongside them, I need to find that leader. And that doesn't mean you need to find the next Roy Keane or the next Brian Robson or whoever that may be. Leaders can take many different shapes and forms, but it needs to be someone who is consistent, is available for a pass. And as Rich just said, who breaks the lines in that midfield? Pogba can when he runs at players, but that's just too risky a strategy because in the Premier League, trying to run through midfield, and to be fair, Pogba did it well today when he won the penalty, but nine times out of ten, he stopped because Premier League midfields are too good for that. They're too sharp for that. McTominay, I think, has energy. He's got a good touch. He, He seems to be able to get into the right position, but I'm not convinced that he has the passing ability to to, to find that forward line. I, I would love to see someone in there to emerge as that leader. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know who's out there that they United can look for. For me, if you could find a, a Tony Cruz or, or that kind of ilk of player, that that kind of caliber, someone who can control tempo, someone who can move the ball yeah, around you've quickly. You've got to trust the Glazers uh, to spend that money there. You've got to trust the Glazers to actually want to spend that money. True. Well, at the end of the day, the summer, they, they did spend money. I think the issue is, at the end of the day, you know, the club has apparently over 50 scouts. Yeah, you know, we're haggling over, over certain players when there are midfielders and there is talent out there who, you know, who, who can come in and do a job. You know, what are the scouts out there doing? Because, mm. you know, you don't need a scout to sign a Harry Maguire. You don't need a scout to sign a Rumbersaka because you know they're good, you know. Who, who's that, you know, you look at who Wolves brought on today. There are three subs, Adama Traore, Catroni, and Diego Neto. Yeah, three good quality, exciting players who can easily make an impact off the bench. Who did Manu bring on? Pereira, Mata, 
Um, and, and I felt like Greenwood's a young talent. I'm still not sold on Pereira, if I'm being honest. And, and, and I think Mata is, you know, a squad player now. He's, you know, some would say he's probably past it. But, you know, it, we're looking at, the, you know, these kind of talents. You know, why are we not using our scouting network to bring in these kind of talents who can make a difference? And, you know, I think that's the issue. You say we can, actually, we don't need scouts to look at, as you mentioned, Tony Cruz or certain other players. We know they're good. So what are they doing? Why, you know, why are they not sourcing this talent? And why are we not taking these deals forward? You know, it's a big frustration. And until that's solved or, you know, they saw that the transfer strategy, are we going to get director of football? Blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to still have the same issues. It's too late for that. Right now, right now, it is too late for that, man. Let's, let's be fair in January. They're, they're going to come out with the same old bullshit. There's mm. no value in the market. Mm. Um, you know, we, we can't find anyone. This, that, the other. Telemans, I just do not understand. Leicester paid, what, 30, 35, 40 what, million? What are we waiting for? I agree. What, what are we waiting, waiting for? for? I don't get it. I don't get it one bit. Um, yeah, so so moving on to up top. Again, uh, a goal from Martial. Rashford, I, I don't know. There, there, were, there was plenty of running. Again, for me, not enough end product. I mean, I really like Dan James. His energy is there. And I think the, the, the one big issue he's going to face this season is the fact that he's faster than your average fullback and your average defender. And, and they're just going to try and hack him down. He did get booked for simulation. Um, in the first half, which was an interesting one. I want to get your take on that. But again, what frustrated me with Dan James is the final ball was pretty aimless. It was naive. It was very much a championship ball. Whip it into the box and wait for a forward to get onto the end of it. Sorry, pal. Marku's not, not here anymore. You know, Lukaku's not here anymore. I can't see Martial putting in the effort to get up, to head that ball in, to, to, to you know, go and, and, and find sort of a, a poacher's finish, you know? And, and yeah, it, it, was, it was frustrating, you know? No, you're, you're right. I think, listen, I like that James. He'll, he'll come into his own. Do you know what I mean? He will, I think, with a bit of time, he, he can be nurtured. He can be, um, he can be a good player. But you're right, you know, he's going to have to learn. His pace is not, the be on end all. And yes, it's exciting. He got his goal last week as well, which is great. But as you say, this end product is, is so important at this level because, you know, games these days are so tight. It's a moment of brilliance, that end product, which is going to win you games. And, you know, he's going to have to learn that. I mean, listen, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. But is he, is he at the moment, a Manchester United quality? Uh, Manchester United quality? Probably not yet, but he'll get there. I think. Rich, Rich, Rich would, you, would you would you rather see Ashley Young played there? Okay, fair boost. I'd, I'd rather play Daniel James there. To be honest, right? I'd rather play Daniel James. I, listen, I do like him. I do like how he played tonight. To be honest, but it's a bit harsh with me saying he's not United quality. He will be a good player, and he's listen, he's only young as well. He will come into his game. It's just you just say he'll have to learn, and he he will learn quickly. He's got players around him who you know kind of give him a kick up the backside for sure. So. It's looking, it's looking all right. It's looking okay. That's all I can say, really. Nav, Nav, I know your connection dropped out. Um, my question to you is simple. Could Alexis Sanchez have made a difference there? In my opinion, no. I think Alexis Sanchez is shot as a player. Um, I, I simply don't think he is capable of keeping up with the pace in a Premier League game right now. I think, uh, you know, and I know we're going to come on and talk about transfers and so on, but believe me, if there's someone that can take more than half of his wages then I think that would be the, the, the best possible option for United. I would rather see Mason Greenwood get minutes. Mm. I'd rather see Chong get minutes. I'd rather see Gomez get minutes. Mm. Because you know what? Alexi Sanchez, what, you know, what, what can he possibly offer that, that, that those guys couldn't do? I'd rather, you know, even if we take this as a learning season where those three players improve, I think that's a better result for the club. And mm. then, you know, we look to sign the right players for those positions to, to I, I have seen nothing in the last two years that I believe Alexi Sanchez will add. Okay. Uh, in, ter- in, in terms of the subs, though, guys, I mean, bringing on Greenwood and Pereira in the 89th minute, to me, is a bit of like a, what are we kind of doing, you know? At, at sort of 65 minutes, I was sitting there looking at it going, 
you know, Massa for Lingard would be a smart sub. Massa can operate in that hole. I think he was too late onto the field. Mm. And, and then and then Greenwood especially, you know, if we want to get the best out of him, he needs to be getting minutes. Maybe Oli's got a plan for him, and I think he'll play a lot of Carabao Cup football, the early rounds of the FA Cup, and definitely some Europa League stuff. But just, you know, Greenwood and Perrin in the 89th minute, it was a bit of a slap in the face, like, you know, yeah, we're going to get there a go, and we'll give him five minutes. What is five minutes? There's only so much you can, you know, anyone can do in, in five minutes. Listen, we know Greenwood's a talent, he's a good finisher, but as you say, it's only, it's, we needed a goal. We needed a goal. Like I said at the start, we would have taken a 1-1, but we, you do need freshening up. And, and this is where the kind of, if you're going to trust him, then trust him. You know, five minutes at the end, when you're looking for a goal, it, it, it's, he, he needs more. And, you know, he needs, a, he needs a bit of time to get into the game, etc. So... Yeah, I was a bit disappointed by that, to be fair. But, I mean, look, he is going to be part of the squad. He's going to play a lot of games this year, as you say. I would have liked to have seen him come on much earlier tonight. I think, you know... I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Five minutes was never going to be enough to change the game today. You either trust him or you don't. Um, He will get minutes. I I just don't see why we're holding back. Um, We've already mentioned, we don't have other options. We don't have uh, anyone else to bring in. Let's use him. Use the guy. Mm. Frustrating. Frustrating. You can't stress, Darren. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Do you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, for me, at the start of the season, when I look at the, that fixture list, Chelsea didn't really worry me. It felt like, you know, when them opening day fixtures at Old Trafford, where we're going to sit there, we're going to beat someone 3 or 4-0, and we're going to think, yes, you know what, maybe, just maybe, we can we can do something decent here. Um, but tonight sort of crashed us back down to earth a bit. The first half, we weren't clinical enough. The final ball wasn't good enough. You know, again, in attack... We look somewhat toothless. There's very much a lack of depth there. You know, would Lukaku have changed the game? If we've got an out-and-out striker there, could we have been pinging balls in over the top? I know it's going to be difficult because they play that three at the back. You know, I don't know about Bennett. I think Bennett's, you know, the weak link in there. But Bolly is a good defender. And Connor Cody sort of complements him quite well. They work well as a little two. And as a three, they're not a bad, you know, not a bad sort of uh, combination. But would Lukaku have done better there? Would he have been a bit more clinical? Would he have been able to grab onto those little, little sort of, you know, bits that, you know, those, those, those sort of pinging balls into the box? Could, could it have been any different? It's, it's an interesting one because... I'm really happy that Martial's playing through the middle now and he took his goal really well. I don't even remember, he had that chance. Was, I think it was about 10 minutes before the goal came where Rashford did some good work on the left and he bent it in and he put it into a great area and Martial just couldn't get onto the end of it. But if he did, it would have been a guaranteed goal. You know, that's why you're looking for your number nine to get onto the end of those kind of crosses and, and throw his body at the ball, you know. I think Bolly did did fairly well to hold him off, but you know I'm looking for my striker to get into the end of those crosses. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy that Martial's playing in his um, preferred position, as you said. You got another goal today, but it, it, it's going to take a lot of work. I think that's just something that we just have to be content with. I think, listen, to be fair, as a United fan, I'm not really expecting much from this season. I think anything that anything good that happens is a bonus. Like last week. The 4-0 was a bonus, as you mentioned, opening day victory. Tonight. 1-1 so um, is a bonus for me. Nav, you're joining us again. You're yeah, breaking uh, up uh, a few times, pal. Oh, sorry, fella. Sorry, fella. Sorry, fella. Is that better? Go on, Rich. Yeah, you're better now. Go on, Rich. Yeah, mate. Sorry, I was just saying that I think anything we can get from this season is a bonus. You know, going into the game, I would have taken a 1-1. But, as you say, there, there's elements of the game which are... I'm trying to not be frustrated because my expectations for the season were so low, but looking at certain things is, as you say, the depth and could we, could it look, uh, Lukaku made a difference tonight, even if he just comes off the bench, you know, or he, it, it, it's just something that, you know, I, I feel like we don't have a plan B and if Green was going to be the plan B, then it needs to come on much earlier, rather, or, as, as you touched upon, and uh, mm. I'm just a bit concerned about that personally. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think that's unreasonable. I, I would agree. I think, um, look, um, there has to be a plan B. Um, if you're going to use Greenwood, use him earlier. Um, uh, perhaps think differently, you know. Um, could you use Gomez? Could you use Chong in different ways? Um, 
I think some of this does uncover a bit of a lack of depth. I agree mm. in terms of that forward line. Um, we don't have a different option. You know, we don't have, for example, a target man. We don't have what I would consider to be an out-and-out poacher or goal scorer. So I think that, you know, along with midfield, there is another gap in the squad. Um, what I sincerely hope, but again, you know, whether this is true or not is, you know, do we still have those funds available, you know, are United serious about potentially looking in in the January window and thinking, let's address these gaps? Or is this just uh, an example of the Glazer cost-cutting and let's not do anything until next season? Um, I would hope that we do look to do it because I think, um, again, much as I'm disappointed with tonight, I have to think, Four points, first two games, Chelsea and Wolves. They're not the easiest two games. Mm-hmm. Look at the next two or three fixtures, and they look a lot more straightforward. You know, Southampton, Leicester. Um, I, you'd have to think that with the confidence in the squad, with the with what we've seen in terms of the movement, and uh, what I think is wonderful is, look, we're all disappointed on this call at one all against Wolves. It wasn't that long ago that we lost two games against Wolves in, in the space of four weeks. Yeah, um, true. So, uh, you know, we, we we have to think that us being disappointed with four points in two games actually is a sign that things are an awful lot better than they were last season. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Um, let's touch on the penalty. Um, I haven't looked at it again and again and again. I think it's a fabulous save by, by Rio Patricio. You know, the thing that concerned me when Pogba was going to take it, especially that Pogba was taking it, I thought, you know, Rashford was sort of our designated penalty taker. Now, you talked about how you felt it was a bit of a cop-out mm. from Oli that, you know, he, he talked about how there's two penalty takers, mm. which to me just stinks a bit as well, that he's just you trying to... You do not have two penalty takers. You don't have two penalty takers. I can't believe that. It, 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 it's sort of uh, pacifying Pogba once again. You're just making sure yeah. he's, you know, you're keeping him happy. Um, you know, Rashford came out post-game and said Paul Pogba wanted to take it. Rashford sort of, you know, polished his bollocks again as well and said, you know, yeah, he's a great player, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, I think the thing that concerned me was that he was going to go and do one of his stupid run-ups and slowly sort of gently prod it home. But, you know, he went for power. It was a powerful penalty, you know. But then again, anything at that height, you know, the keeper's got a, a very, very good chance of saving it. It wasn't tucked into the, the top corner. It wasn't an Owen Hargreaves special where, you know, he curls it into the top corner and it, it nestles into that, that far, far section of the net. Um, and and I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have to look at it. Uh, look, look, this is just over analysis. What's, Marsh, what's Rashford's penalty record? Two and two. Right. I think, yeah, I think it's yeah, two and two, four. Just and let four him carry on. Yeah. yeah, four and four. Just let him carry on until he misses one, and then put Martial in. Then, but you know, I I don't know why we need to overcomplicate this issue. There should be one penalty taker. They take penalties until they miss. Uh, I, you know, I it frustrates me that penalties have become this ego thing. That you know, what what does he want to do? Put it on his Instagram? I mean. I just, uh, it just amuses me that uh, I think uh, Rashford took an excellent penalty against Kepper at the weekend. Mm. Really quality hit, um, you know, gave him no chance whatsoever. Clearly the man in form, just let him step up again. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, as you said, his, his record is great. I mean, I, I don't know about the kind of social media stuff, but... At the end of the day, you you, you know he, he's on form with penalties, and every penalty is is clinical, is confident, is assured. Not saying that Pogba isn't, but it's just common sense. I mean, if someone scored a penalty the week before and it was as accomplished as that was, you just let him continue. But I think this is where the manager's got to step in and say, "Listen, you're the designated penalty taker." No, it's a, it's just basics, isn't it? At the start of every game, you have your list. You know, you're this guy's on corners, this guy's on free kicks. This guy's on penalties. Now, Rashford's got a great record. Just get him on the penalties. It's, it's, it's very simple. Fair enough, like, you know, I see Rashford on three kicks, and I think that's a different issue. I don't want him anywhere near a three kick. I mean, penalties, I mean, it's, it's all his, and it should just be as basic as that. And again, because Pogba's involved, it's going to be another big story, blah, blah, blah. It's something that manager should just take out of his hands and say, listen, Marcus, you've got a great record. You continue until you miss, as you said. And then he even say next one. It's just, just basics, isn't it? Just basics. 
on on a on a side note, I remember when when we signed Lindelof from Benfica, someone telling me he's got a brilliant free kick taking like track record. Why he isn't, you know, going for it, I, I don't really know. Um, but on another side note, I think our corners were woeful tonight. Absolutely <laughs> woeful. I mean, every, we we had. I, I'm just I'm just going to check the stats. We had six corners, two attempts on target, sixty five percent possession. But our set pieces were abysmal. I mean, mm. all you all you see is Maguire calling for it at the back post, at the back post constantly. And it was bread and butter for Wolves. Absolutely easy for Wolves. And, and they picked him off every single time. I, I, I agree. I think with a player like Maguire in the side, uh, you have Maguire, you have McTominay, you have Lindehoff, you have Wambasaki, you have, you know, that, that's four players there that are physical, big, that can, that, that can stick their head in there. <laughs> if the delivery's not right, and, and I... And I I haven't understood Man United set pieces for many years, frankly. Um, you know, perhaps not since the days of Steve Bruce, where we, see, we used to see proper corners going into no, them. Oh, come on, come on. Be fair. Be fair. You'd never see Vidic at the back post calling for at the back post. He'd always be in the mix. But that's because the guy was an absolute beast. He was a warrior. Rio Ferdinand was, you know, near post, near to middle post. You know, he, he, he was in the mixer. Who the hell sits at the back post these days? You know, you're yeah, hoping... The, 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 the thing is, like, you, you know, the, the players can have all the movement they want. The quality of the pass, uh, the quality of the, of the corners have been terrible. They, I mean, how many didn't... Um, how many corners failed to beat the first man today? Luke Shaw and them again, you know, it just straight onto the uh, near post defender's head. He just heads it away. You know, the quality of the actual set piece is terrible. Regardless of somebody ranting near post, back post, whatever, the balls are either over hit or woefully under-hit or miss-hit. And, you know, we're going to have to get that right. I mean, if you know, we know Maguire's a threat from set-pieces. Lindelof's good in the air. Pogba's good in the air. And we're not making the most of, of what we have. You know, we, we talk think, about depth. You know, the, 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 This is exactly it, though. And we're not it, doing that. Quality of delivery. This is it. Um, quality of delivery has been poor. Um, uh, you, you know, irrespective of where the players are running to, um, if you can't place a quality pacey ball into the box you're not giving yourself the chance in the first place and i think that's what they've been lacking um so you know totally agree with rich on that let's um, let's let's try and take some positives from it what can we take from it i'm not going to even touch on jesse lingard because he frustrates me but you know i i i worry for my blood pressure but let's let's touch on some positives what can we take from from this game well, I don't think people are going to like facing United. There is so much pace in that side. Um, if you consider that front four um, today, so, you know, you had Marshall, Rashford, James, Lingard, that was really uncomfortable for Wolves. Um, you could see in the first 34, 40 minutes, it, it was it was fantastic. It, it felt uncomfortable for them. And I'll give you a comment. Um, you, you know, so one of my best friends is, happens to be a Wolves season ticket holder, and he was messaging me saying, Look, in the last year, they've played United three times. He said he'd only seen United play like that for 10 minutes. He said this time the difference was United could play like that for 60 minutes. He just felt United were able to sustain pace, counter-attack, ability on the go. Uh, so I think that's a huge positive. And, and you know, that was a, a straight, honest-to-God comment from a Wolf season ticket holder who was at the game, who was messaging me throughout who frankly was nervous across the first half, probably for the first 50 minutes, he was absolutely petrified that they were going to take an absolute beating in the second half. In fact, he was stunned at what happened in terms of the turnaround because he didn't feel that Wolves had anything different to offer. Rich? I've got to agree. I think considering how we were just overrun in the first two games against Wolves, I was really impressed with the fact that Listen, you play Wolves at home. When they when the crowd gets on, you know, on their on their back and they get that momentum, you know, they ha- they have looked unstoppable, especially since um, their return to the Premier League last year. It happened against us. Happened against those teams. So the fact that in the first half we were able to control the game, control possession, you know, as I said, our front four, regardless of what I said about um, James and Lingard, you know, they were effective in the fact of you know, the high press. And, and really putting the walls back line under pressure. Um, so, as I said, I was really impressed by, you know, even our full-backs look, look decent. 
Um, you know, we, we just look really cohesive and, and, and competent. <laughs> and I said it was just a bonus I just wasn't expecting, to be honest. So we can take that forward, you know, the way we controlled the game, the way, you know, we did look threatening at times. Um, so hopefully we go into our next game, just, you know, maintaining that, that you know, the um, confidence in, in, in ball possession. Um, all we need to do is just improve our final ball and um, our concentration. So especially, you know, when we go away from home, so important that we don't allow teams to gain momentum. And I think when we came out for the second half, we kind of dropped back a bit. Uh, we've got the momentum and, and that's what changed the game. And, uh, you know, that, that was the only kind of concern, really. But I, I was pleased. I'm happy with the draw. It says a lot, you know, a few years ago, would we be happy as United fans getting a one or draw at Wolves? But I think this is just our level now. We just have to accept it and move on. Gents, let's take a pause. This is the Manchester United Redcast. Uh, it's an immediate reaction following uh, Manchester United's one-all draw at Molyneux this evening. Apologies to some of the poor sound quality. We're all in different parts of the UK tonight, and we're uh, we're, we're bringing you a bit of a special one just uh, following off of the back of tonight's result. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to part two of the Manchester United Redcast. We're following on from this evening's one-all draw at Molyneux. Wolverhampton Wanderers won Manchester United won. Uh, we've looked back at the game. Now we're going to talk about some of the topics surrounding the club this week. First and foremost, Alexis Sanchez's proposed move to Internazionale. Are they becoming Everton part two chaps? Joining me this evening, by the way, <laughs> Richard Mofa and Na- uh, Nav Singh. Um, are they becoming Everton part two? Are they becoming our sort of like, you know, our, our our, our reject and our, and our off-cuts um, club now. They've taken Lukaku off our hands. They want Sanchez now. I would love to think that that, that was the case, uh, Aaron. However, uh, I don't think Inter are uh, complete mugs, uh, frankly. Um, I'm sure they are interested in Sanchez. What I'd be intrigued to learn, and I don't know whether we'll ever find out the truth in this, is what percentage of, the, of his wages are they actually offering to pay? That's a great question. Uh, a brilliant, brilliant question. We will never know. We will never, ever, ever find out. Some will speculate, some will guess. And uh, one of their men who will definitely guess is Richard Mofa because he is a, 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 a rabid sports journal when it comes out to finding out facts. Would you make this link Sanchez on loan to Inter Milan, Rich? I think many United fans would, would drive him to the San Siro in, in a heartbeat, to be honest. I think... It just hasn't worked out at the club, has it? If we're being honest, and you know, I think a big question is how much, how much of their wages are they going to take here in different figures, bands all over the place. Uh, I think, Navi, you touched on it. I think you know, even if it's fifty percent, if they're willing to pay that, and I think United have just got to just take that on the chin and and and, and take that really. I think having them around is not really having a positive impact. In the squad, I know you know you saw some images that came out last week of the squad all joking around. Sanchez was was in the middle of that, but you know someone he, he just hasn't really he just hasn't worked out for him, and it, that happens in football, you know sometimes. But there's no point keeping hold of him. I know we spoke about depth before, but what realistically is he going to do that? The others there can't do. As you, I'd rather invest in Chong, in um, uh, in, in, in Gomez, and. and, and and that, that like as well. So yeah, I think the sooner we can kind of get rid of him, the better, really. And you know, wishing best for the future. I, I think, I think, chaps. You know, with, with Alexis Sanchez, you're you're looking at someone who maybe towards the end of his time at Arsenal, he was looking like a a horse that had run his race a bit. You know, he he looked, and it was one of the typical Woodward signings. It was a foul cow. It was a Di Maria. It was a big name that are trying to appease the fans and appease yeah. the tourists. You, yeah. you know, the core crux of fans that are, are, are trying to scream anti-Glazer, um, you know, anti-Glazer, uh, 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 you know, comments and, ad, you know, they're trying to push that attitude and, and that way of thinking. It will appease the tourists. It will sell shirts, you know, and, and I think that was how it worked with Alexis Sanchez. I really wanted it to work out for him. I thought to myself, you know, when we brought him in, that we're going to get the be- better in the deal, considering yeah. Mkhitaryan looked like, you know, he was shot to bits as well. But... Mm. I don't know who's got the better end of the deal out of us and Arsenal. All I know is that 
you know, Alexis Sanchez and all those 11s that always turn up, you know, the United's worst 11, which features players like Cleberson and William Prunier and, and Eric Jemba Jemba and Massimo Taibi. Alexis Sanchez will no <laughs> doubt, no doubt be the first name on the team sheet there. And for all his running and for all the, the work he used to try and put in, you know, I think it's five goals in 44 appearances is possibly one of the most shocking records. It is up there with the Josie Altidores of this world. I think I think it's, a, it's an indictment of um, the the transfer strategy, which I touched on before. Because we, fair enough, as I said, it was a swap deal, but we didn't need him, and he was on the decline. And anyone with, with a kind of you know a, a, a brain could see that yes, you know he, he, he was a quality player, but he was on the decline, and you know he's not young either. So why did we invest in that? We didn't need to do that, and it just shows the the strategy just isn't there. As you said, it, it maybe it is to sell shirts, maybe it's to appease certain sections of the fan base. But as I talked from before, what are these scouts doing? Why are they, you know, we should be invested in, in, these, in the top quality scouts to find that gem, you know, to find that, that player who can make a difference. And it, it's just really frustrating because I think a lot of people could see that, you know, Sanchez wasn't going to do it for us. He just wasn't. You know, he was on a decline. If he's not going to cut it at Arsenal, he's definitely not going to cut it at Manchester United, a much bigger, much more established, much better club. Um, and I think I think that's just basics, really. It's just a bit frustrating that we're taking backward steps when that was a real time for us to make a statement and make a, a, a much bigger and better signing. It doesn't have to be a um, hundred million pounds, by the way. You know, it could be a, a, a nice, shrewd investment. But it was clear that Sanchez wasn't the answer. No, I agree. I think um, I don't know what what the thought pattern was at the club in signing Sanchez. I would love to know whether that was a Woodward signing or a Mourinho signing, because at the moment, everyone's putting their hands down. Look, uh, you know, I am inclined to believe you, but, you know, Mourinho has been very quiet around Sanchez, you know, because Mourinho is not one ever to (laughs) want to uh, 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 um, merc, uh, want to, you know, um, want to put cast shadows over his own reputation. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that if it was purely a Woodward signing, we'd have heard about that from Mourinho or one of his mouthpieces in the press, frankly. Mm. Um, I honestly get the feeling that United thought they were doing another Van Persie here. Oh, yeah. They were signing Arsenal's best player. <laughs> you know. Uh, and look, I agree with the comments that I think from the from the casual observer, he appeared to be on the decline. However, um, look at his record the season before he signed for United. Um, it, it was impressive. You would take those stats to United in terms of goals, assists, minutes on the pitch. He has never done it at United. He's never looked fit enough. Um, I, I don't think it's a lack of desire on the players' part. I think he genuinely looked so eager in that first season. Second season, he never seemed to be able to stay fit for more than five games. The very best thing United could do now, honestly, is any percentage, whether that's 20%, 30%. You know, I'd love to think it could be 40 or 50% that we could get of his wages. But you really just, we just need to offload that. That is a burden. I mean... I think you're looking at. I think you're looking at someone taking a hundred thousand pounds of that four hundred grand a week or whatever it is. Someone take a hundred k because at the end of the day, other clubs have their FFP to balance out, you know, and, and into a bankroll by by a very very wealthy man, and and you know he'll do he'll do what he can do, but that's pretty much it. Just interesting, uh, looking at the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comments po- post tonight's game on Alexis Sanchez, and they smell a lot of what he said about Lukaku. Uh, to quote. Um, Oli asked if any news or rumours Alexis Sanchez could leave. Not really, no. Let's see what happens in the coming few weeks. There's still time for the European window. At the moment, here's our player. Yeah. I, 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 think, he's, I think he's on his way out now. Um, and let's not forget, you know, £100,000 a week. That's £5.5 million a year saved from the United Wage Bill. You know. It's, it's uh, handy I mean, having a mathematician, someone who's actually <laughs> on, uh, someone who's got half a brain on the podcast, apart from serial, you know, serial clickbait jockeys like me and Rich, who, who, who just do it for a... Do I'm, it for, I'm, I'm not in that game, come on, you know, I'm better. I remember you from those days, Rich, don't worry, head of clickbait, I mean, Rich Amofa. Um, yeah. Bad news is it's still £15 million on United's wage. Well, it, so. there, there you go, that, that's why we bring you on it, that's why we bring you on it. Um, just on a side note, you know, 
on, on in, in terms of the Alexis Sanchez signing, now you were touching on the point about whether it was a Mourinho signing or a Woodward signing. Don't forget, Mourinho was hell-bent on bringing, on, bringing in Perisic, a winger. And, and when Sanchez came, came in, he was playing Rashford off the left, Sanchez off the right, and, and Lukaku up top. And it just sort of, it was one of them Mourinho tactical games where it's like, you know what? You haven't got me who, I've, who I wanted. I'm going to play your man in the position I want him to play in. And you know what? I'm going to do him up. I, I'm, I'm going to finish him off. I'm going to prove to you why you were wrong. It smells of that. Looking at who Arsenal brought him to bring in Aubameyang over Sanchez, I think they did really well there. I hate it pains oh, me. I, I think they did very well. Mm-hmm. No, I think I, I think Arsenal had a strategy there. You know, uh, Aubameyang, Lacazette. Um, they followed a certain type. You know, they went for pace. They went for understanding. Um, and again, this season, adding Pepe to that mix, you've got three French speakers up front who share not only a common language, but a common trait, pace. You know, you've got pace, absolute pace there. Um, so w- whatever Arsenal do in the rest of the pitch, you just know that you're going to be fearful against playing against a side like that. Anything over the top, anything behind the fullbacks is going to be challenging against Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, just very quickly, looking at social media uh, before we move on. Uh, Barney from Red News, real pal of mine, says, when fixtures came out on June 13th, I'd have been very happy with four points from the first two games with all the storm clouds around. Now we face Palace at home, Southampton away, Leicester at home, West Ham away. Uh, where, we wa- where we are after six games could give us all a lift. Let's see. Ian Sola said, we took six points from the same fixtures last season. So if we beat Palace on Saturday, we would have already taken more so uh, yeah fair comments there um very quickly another man who is linked with the exit door another south american linked with the exit door is mystical marcos rojo the <laughs> most injured man the man with paper knees now an interesting story that came out and and it broke via one newspaper every newspaper and every you know man woman child and dog has picked up on this story on twitter um it's about the woodward uh, sorry the, the the glazer family uh particular Joel and Avram Glazer pulling the plug on Marcos Rojo's deadline day move to Everton because they believe they'd be strengthening a direct <laughs> rival. Um, I think I think that's absolute silly season. Number one, do you honestly believe Joel and Avram Glazer even know who Everton are? Joel and Avram Glazer are still operating pro Evo league. They, thought, they think they're called Merseyside Blue. <laughs> the Merseyside, they the wouldn't have a clue. Like, to me, that, that is a typical anti-United press story. Um, you know that that's a kind of story that's made to look United look silly. Um, Rich, Rich as, a, as a former paper journo, um, w- is this something you would have thought up maybe one day at your desk having a sandwich? Thought, yeah, I can knock this up. Yeah, for you know, it's a bit of a slow news day. What can I think of? Yeah, um, listen, I think you know, listen. Jokes aside, um, he's another one who, who needs to leave, and oh, it's just ridiculous either way because Joel and Avram Grant have no say over these transfers, and I'm surprised they even know who Marcos Rojo is. To be honest, as you mentioned, about <laughs> Agreed. It's, it's the whole thing is just embarrassing, really. But as you say, it's it's, it's just so interesting how. Things just get picked up and um, everyone runs with it, really. It's got to be some element of truth to it. It hasn't been denied by anyone that I've seen so far, to be fair. But regardless of whether he goes to Everton, he goes abroad or whatever, you know, he's someone who needs to see the exit door as soon as possible because he's, he's not, he hasn't offered anything in, in the time he's been here. If anything, he's more of a liability. So if he went to Everton, if anything, he'll be strengthening us because he'll be weakening them. So... Again, it's just a, a, a just a shampoo, as you as you say. Another um, I, just just negativity to uh, you know to, to come out of the club. It's just getting a bit. It's boring. negativity. I, I think he's the seventh choice centre back currently at United. T- to me, uh, the only reason a move breaks down is that the clubs can't find an agreement. I, I yeah. or the player can't find an agreement. I I don't see any other reason as to why Rojo is hanging around. You know, Rojo is at best going to play under-23 football this year. Um, if his agent's worth anything whatsoever, he'll find him a move in the window and get him the hell out of United. I mean, the fact that he's on a new contract last year, I mean, is absolutely, you know, mind-boggling. The fact that he's completely around revenue preservation. With, with an option yeah. to extend for a further year. 
I mean, 29 years old. Looking at his stats last season, he played five Premier League games, four, made five appearances, nine the year before in the Premier League, 21, 16, 22 the year before. He's not going to make any this season. I mean, no. let's be fair, Jones and Smalling are out of the line, and Twan Zabi seems to be the third choice, which is the correct decision from Solskjaer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been rumours of a, a loan move to Galatasaray. Some papers reporting that United are willing to rip up his contract, which I highly, highly doubt they will. They'll let him go for three or four million pounds. He'll end up at Galatasaray. He'll end up disappearing off the face of the earth like the Bebes of this world. Exactly. And, and, and it, what. Again, it just, it just thinks of bad planning. You know, we don't know what triggered the, his contract extension, whether he reached the number of games or what, but... Why are we giving him a new deal when he's clearly not part of the plan? It just makes no sense. And it's these kind of decisions which are going to keep holding the club back because there's no strategy. If you look down the road at Man City, everything they do is contrived. It has a strategy. It's part of a bigger process. I'm not seeing that at the moment with Man United. And, you know, it's things like this. Why are we wasting time getting them out the door? If you look at Mangala at Man City. He's kind of looking at a similar standard. He was sent on loan. He wasn't good enough. He's out the door. Thank you very much. Good luck. Why are we not doing the same? Especially at centre-back, we have so much dead wood there. Just, you know, ease him out of the club. Thank you very much. It hasn't worked out. See you later. You know, it's all... These are the basics, you know. It's not happening. I'll tell you what, chaps, another one, and I'm, I'm thinking of bringing this in as a permanent feature. It's um, where's... Forget where's Wally. Where's Matteo Damian? Because he <laughs> genuinely disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, Diogo Dallo as well. Don't know where he is. He, he's disappeared. Damian's disappeared. You know, it's just very, very. It's like there's a, there's a, there's there's like a black hole in the middle of Carrington somewhere, and they all, you know, you know, the the um, they're they're, they're just sort of disappearing down down this chute somewhere. But <laughs> no one's heard from Damian. It doesn't seem like anyone wants him. Uh, his contract is up at the end of the season. Knowing United as well, they'll extend it by another year. Just you know, just 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 you know, to Keep to bump up squad. Um, yeah, a bit of goodwill. There you go. Diogo Dalho, no one's sort of heard, heard nothing from him either. But, I mean, to be honest, it'd be good to see Damian leave, um, you know, before the end of the window. Where he goes, I don't know. But, hey, uh, I think we're at a point now where we're like, we don't really care. <laughs> listen, as long as, long as he's, you know, he's, 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 he's all right. But, listen, again, another one. It hasn't worked out. Why are we wasting time? You know, why are we wasting time with, with you know, why is it so difficult? Agreed. Why is it so difficult? Just, you know, you know, I'd, I'd even pay, pay out the rest of his contract just to release him. But we don't, we don't need him. We're just taking up space, just taking up a wage, you know, just take, you know, unless Oli wants him as an extra cone in training, you know, as an extra body when you do 11 versus 11, <laughs> you have to pick up the cones, pull up the water or whatever. We don't need him there. So, again, it's just frustrating. It's poor planning. Um, as I say, I'm not a massive fan of Dallo, but he's good. He's young. He's hungry. He's energetic. And you know, he, him, and Juan um, can can definitely push each other. But you know, I'll be very disappointed if Damian is still hanging around Carrington uh, after uh, at the end of the window. There you go, um, gents. Let's look ahead to United's fixture at the weekend. Back at Old Trafford at three o'clock on a Saturday. Wow. It's tradition. Manchester United taking on Crystal Palace, who have had a dismal start to the season. Um, with my sort of London football links, I know that a lot of the fans are, are bitterly disappointed in the way of, you know, Roy Hodgson's uh, sort of tactical decisions. The fact that he refused to shift things around. Of course, they were beaten uh, by a goal to nil by Sheffield United at the weekend. He persists with the midfield of uh, Milivojevic and MacArthur. They've brought in plenty of midfielders. Wilfred Zaha's off the boil. Benteke can't score for shit. Um, this should be another 4-0 for United, shouldn't it? All sounds like it's leading up to uh, last-minute Zaha winner. <laughs> win. um, oh, I have faith. Yeah, I mean, it, it, nothing ever goes right. But, I mean, the Palace have started the season so poorly. They were dreadful against Sheffield United. I mean, they absolutely crumbled against... Newly promoted side, fair enough, had energy, whatever. But they, they were dreadful. They were so poor. They were devoid of ideas, you know. And I think it's just going to be the same as last season. If Zaha can't create something or Townsend doesn't smack one in from 55 yards or something, you know, they're just not going to score. So, you know, we, we should we should um, get the three points there. It should be a comfortable victory. Exactly. Palace will park the bus, but we'll, we'll smash him. 
Let, let's have some uh, predos for that. Uh, Palace versus, well, Palace making the trip to Old Trafford, three o'clock this Saturday. Um, how how we see it going, lads? Three nil United, two for Rashford, one for Martial. Uh, yeah, I'll say two one. I think Palace will score an early goal just to wake us up. Um, and yeah, I'll go through the same. To be fair, I mean the only two who look capable of, of scoring a goal for us, to be honest. So yeah, I think. <laughs> Um, Marshall and Rashford, one each. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me this evening. By the way, I'm going to go 4-0 as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining me this evening. It's the Manchester United Redcast. Thanks to my guests, Richard, Amofa and Navsin. Please do get in contact with us. Uh, drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear from you during the week. We're on the Facebook page as well. That's quite a live and uh, a lively forum. Uh, for debate. It's at United Redcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on, on the opinions spread around uh, in this pod and uh, and and of course, you're not breaking United stories during the week. Apologies to some of the sound distortion. Hopefully our producer is going to try and, uh, and, and, and tweak that for us. But thank you once again for the effort uh, to nav in deep, deep Norfolk. Enjoy your holiday, pal. Uh, you definitely it. And uh, Richard Mofa, the clickbait king. Currently down, uh, down in the south of England. Generally, I've been called worse. So I'll yeah, I bet you have, pal. I bet you have. Thank you very much, gents, uh, for joining me this evening. Nice one, chaps. Thank you. Cheers, guys. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.